little boy in a baseball hat stands in the field with his ball and bat says I am the greatest player of them all puts his bat on his shoulder and he tosses up his ball the ball goes up and the ball comes down Swings his bat all the way around The world's so still you can hear the sound The baseball falls to the ground Hello and welcome to episode 60 of section 138 I'm your host Mark Cawley As always I'm joined by Bryson How are you Bryson? Doing alright, how are you? I mean, it's going (laughs) Same old I don't even know what to talk about here Um I mean, there was a little bit of news this week. MLB and the MLB Players Association finalized an agreement about service time and when to start the season. And, I mean, besides that, there's really nothing happening. Yeah, not too much. Obviously, hopefully everyone or all of you are staying at home and following what um, professionals or, or the advice from professionals, which is pretty much social distancing and... Um, from where I am, Mark, in Ontario, province of Ontario, um, all essential or non-essential services were pretty much closed by an order of the uh, provincial government. So definitely a little more, you know, a little more um, precautions have been taken since we last recorded. So again, the same, you know, not too much, but uh, I guess during this time, obviously baseball was supposed to start a few days ago. I had tickets. I was supposed to go myself. And um, yeah, so, you know, baseball is supposed to be happening. And I guess just before the season was supposed to start, um, this new deal came out with the MLB and the MLBPA, which is pretty crucial uh, towards if there's a season and if there isn't a season, it's pretty much con- contin- um, assurance and insurance for the both the, the league and the Players Association. Yeah, we got the same thing over here down in New Hampshire. Uh, the governor, Chris Sununu, just announced, I guess it was either Thursday or Friday, that there's a he put in place a stay at home order so basically just don't leave your house unless it's essential which obviously like all of us had already been doing that but just kind of finalizes it officiates it exactly um mm-hmm. i mean i don't got any netflix recommendations uh well i just finished season three of ozark uh really good show definitely a recommendation to all of you who don't mm-hmm. watch it uh there's that new um i haven't watched it yet but i've heard it's pretty crazy that tiger show that new tiger show have you heard of it there's a new, brand oh, new tiger yeah. show that come out <laughs> i've heard a lot about it yeah with this crazy zookeeper so i definitely definitely check that out um as soon as possible yeah what is uh what's ozark about well it's a long story but fr- pretty much it's a family um who live in the ozarks in i think missouri the state of missouri and they pretty much mm. launder money for a mexican drug cartel so, you know, they ha- they have a lot of problems going on in pretty much all seasons. Lots of stuff come up unexpectedly. Lots of things go expectedly. Uh, and you can imagine pretty much the rest and all the conflicts they would deal with. But definitely a really crazy show. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. I've been watching. I'm still trying to get through Shit's Creek. That's good. Oh, okay, I don't know yeah. if you've watched it. but Yeah, no, I've heard of it. I just, yeah, I've never actually checked it out. Yeah. It's definitely something... Um, Probably might as well check out again because, you know, mm-hmm. nothing really else to do. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good show. I'm only on, I think I'm on season four, but then I've also been, I'm a sucker for like political dramas, so I've been watching a few of those. Uh, yeah. I finished Designated Survivor, just watching Madam Secretary now, so. 
Yeah, yeah. Destiny and Survivor's always been on my list, so I gotta check that out as well. Yeah. I mean, the writing isn't, like, the best, but whatever. It's mm-hmm. fun to watch. Um, it's still political, which is cool, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, I guess we should actually get to baseball in this podcast. So, the big news, the only news this week, um, Major League Baseball, Major League Baseball Players Association finalizing a agreement on service time, when to start the season, etc. Um it was unanimous, unanimously approved by team owners late Friday morning. It had been previously approved by players in the Players Association. Um, the crux of this deal is the service time. That's the most important thing as we've been talking about. Basically, if there is no season, bottom line, players will get the same amount of service time that they had in 2019. So normally in a season there's 172 games of days of service time if you had 150 days of service time in 2019 you get 150 days of service time in 2020 this has consequences for players who are going to be free agents at the end of the 2020 season whether that's Marcus Stroman is one for the Mets obviously previously for the Blue Jays Trevor Bauer Mookie Betts is a big one because the the Dodgers traded for Mookie Betts but they may end up not getting any games out of him because he could become a free agent after this season if there is no games played. Um, When it comes to a partial season, if there is a partial season, players who are on the roster will receive a proportion of the 172 days of service time. So if the the season is 100 games long and you're on the roster for 50 days, you'll get half of or 50% of the service time. So you'll get half of 172 days. This also includes the the deal that is also includes up to 29 players. Um that's up from the 29 that we or sorry 26 that we need to be June through October with the postseason bleeding into November doubleheaders. Also important in this. Lots of stuff through here, but uh the two sides agreed not to start the season until three key conditions are met. That is, no bans on math, mass gatherings that affects games. Um, the teams are open to the possibility of neutral sites being used. So let's say New York Yankees can't play in New York because there's still a mass gathering on, uh, or a ban on mass gatherings there. Um, so instead of the Blue Jays flying to New York to play the Yankees, they'll fly to, I don't know, Phoenix, Arizona, and play the Yankees at Chase Field there. Um, so they'll play at neutral sites or possibly without fans. That's not ruled out. The second condition is no travel restrictions throughout the U.S. or Canada. This is a key one, um, as we've seen. You know, not so much in between states, but it, different countries we've seen different travel restrictions. And then the third is medical experts must determine that there's no health risk to the players, staff, or fans should the games be held. So those are the main parts of this. There are some small subsidiary parts of this agreement, but those are the the, the, kind of the crux of this, the main headline-making parts of this. What are your thoughts on this? Do you like the way that they broke up the service time? Well, first of all, I think the fact that they made a deal, uh, again, prior to when the season was supposed to start, I think that's a massive breakthrough to begin with, again, regardless if there's a season or there's not a season, um, both sides are pretty much developed uh, contingent. Sorry, an insurance for either sides, like you said. So you mentioned pretty much the basics. Um, another thing I'd like to mention too is the MLB is committed to advancing 170 million in salaries to players with the bulk 
of the money going to players uh, who earn lower rate uh, wages, and they'll distribute these advances over two stages. And even if the season gets canceled, that $170 million is non-refundable, so the players are pretty much keeping that to start. And then it just depends on, again, if how long this lasts. And um, the service time, it's it's a slippery slope because you know you knew this was coming. We, we mentioned this, I think, the day of or a few days after this, um, the NBA shutdown. So when the shutdown started to begin, we did, the first thing we said, or I think it was you, Mark, that you said was, how the heck is the service time going to be um, determined between the teams, the players? Is there a fair way to kind of meet in the middle, but clearly the players get the win on this side. And I think there's really no other choice to put it, but if there's, if the season goes by um, and there is no baseball this year, you know, you, I think the players that are under contract for one more year, I think they have the right to enter free agency. So in other words, I think if this season does get canceled, the Los Angeles Dodgers probably made the worst trade in history, but given the circumstances, it's not really their fault as you can't blame them as that, you know, they're going all in. And then you mentioned other players like Stroman, uh, Trevor Bauer. So this, the service time definitely is a slippery slope. But I guess, you know, again, it's aside for the play. It's definitely a win for the players, and it's definitely a risk um, for the teams. And I guess for teams, the only thing you can hope is um, this virus. You know, there's baseball this year. And regardless of how long it takes, uh, we know that pl- even the players are willing or the players want to play as many games as possible. And I read a few days ago a piece where um, players are actually willing to play, you know, as far as American Thanksgiving. And we know how, you know, that's mid-November. And depending on the, the teams who are in the World Series, if there's baseball, uh, we know the climates aren't ex- exactly a favorable asset to any, really, in the month of November as, I guess, in 20... What year was it? I think it was 2016 or 2017, the year the Cubs and Cleveland uh, were in the World Series. We, you know, definitely two cold uh, teams and two cold markets. And, you know, the MLB managed to get through that. But unfortunately, you can't really have a, you know, it's you can't bet against the weather. And, you know, the weather's different every day, every year. So I guess the MLB got lucky there. But, you know, the, the idea of neutral sites may have to come into effect, regardless if you like it or not. Uh, just because of these problems. And again, you have to plan ahead of time. You have to, uh, you know, plan for the worst and, you know, which teams will go far. And unfortunately, you know, there needs to be a season for that. And again, you can't just predict it. You know, you have to, you have to see it play out. And I think, you know, all options got to be on the table for, you know, both sides and pretty much every professional sports league that's going through this. I think you have to be as creative as possible and you need to take any everything into consideration. And some other little uh, details uh, with this new agreement is um, the MLB and MLBPA have also resolved uh, how arbitration hearings will be determined in an altered season. Arbitration is usually available for players with, I think, three years left, or but less than six years of service time. And uh, it's good that they figure that out. And of course, the amateur draft has definitely taken a major hit, especially for young talent who uh, is expected to be drafted this season. And the draft has already been moved um, from what it's supposed to be in mid-June. Mm-hmm. Um, the, there's usually 40 rounds in the MLB draft, I believe, 40 rounds. And this year, it's been reduced to five rounds. And the 2021 draft from 40 rounds to 20, 20 rounds. So for the next two years, uh, even in 2021, the amateur draft is affected by this. And um, the, the I guess this side goes to the MLB just because... You know, for young talent, it's definitely going to be a lot harder to get drafted. 
And, you know, this is going to spark more, you know, this is going to result in more free agency moves for these young players who don't get drafted. And that it also affects signing bonuses and so on and so on. So it's definitely um, this deal. Again, it's definitely, it's definitely good that they made a deal, but you know, there's, there's the, the league and the players benefit on different um, parts of this agreement, as I mentioned, the draft, and then of course the service time. And I guess the $170 million that, you know, the league already loaned to the players to keep, which is non-refundable. And it's also good in the long term as, you know, it's kind of, I guess it lowers the risk of an unpopular legal fight between owners and players. Uh, We've seen it a lot in baseball. There's been many years where, you know, baseball has gone on strike. The World Series has been canceled one year and it's carried over to the next year where they had the season had to start late. So I guess it's a good thing that, you know, in these times, uh, it just proves what we're dealing with right now. We need we need everyone to work together, and I think that how both sides have done this, um, definitely in a matter of a few weeks, how they managed to get all this done and agree to this, uh, is definitely really remarkable, and it's definitely the best thing that can happen for this game. And again, regardless if there's a season or not, there's plans in place, and I think that's definitely good that you know there's a direction to head in, and of course you know the only thing you can really do is stay at home and wait this out, and hope. Um, that this virus will go away. And once the MLB and other leagues are given the all clear, you know, I guess the mindset is for pretty much all the leagues to get back as soon as possible, play as many games as possible. And unfortunately, um, if, you know, hockey usually ends in um, June at the latest with playoffs, same with the NBA, unfortunately, they're going to have to go into the summer and baseball is probably going to have to go into um, a farther date than usually early November. It's probably going to have to go into mid-November depending on, how many games they want to play that all uh, that's all on the table. And of course they want to play as many games as possible. So again, these are as many hurdles that they've dealt with now and more hurdles that they're going to have to deal with down the road. And I get, and the only thing we can do uh, with those hurdles down the road is continue to wait and hope for the best. Yeah. <laughs> Can't do anything else, but wait, but yeah, there's all the leagues just in this situation. They have to be as creative as possible. They have to keep all the doors open because really Anything can happen in this situation, and it's completely unprecedented for all these teams because we've never encountered something like this before. Um, but yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the draft. The the draft. It's I. I guess I understand Major League Baseball's reasoning for lowering the draft from 40 rounds to five rounds. I guess it decreases scouting which decreases travel and travel is already going to be heavily limited so you're not going to be able to see and scout a lot of players already um but it's i i feel like in this situation both the players association which only represents major league players and the team owners on behalf of major league baseball have left amateur players just out to dry they've they, they haven't really given them any considerations. You think there's, what, there's 30 players drafted per round. You are taking away 35 rounds times 30, so that's almost a 1,000 picks, if my math is correct, that you are throwing out. You're deferring, not even to next year, because next year you're going to be short 600 picks, but you're deferring it to 2022 in that draft. So you're forcing some players who... You know, maybe they're high school players. Maybe they're moving on to university. You're going to have to play a year or two university ball. Maybe they're in third or fourth year university, and they're going to have to go as an undrafted free agent, which 
you know, the calculus of this just completely changes. And I, I'm kind of sad that MLB didn't make an effort to treat these players at least a little bit better. And the same goes for international signings. The international signing window, I believe, is smaller, and the amount of money that they can spend on these players is smaller. So overall, I think just amateur players in this, they're not being represented by the Players Association because those only represent major league players. They're not being represented by the team owners because they're focused on the bottom line. They're not being represented by anyone here, and it shows because they're kind of getting the the bad end of the deal here. Um, but uh, as far as the stipulations for starting the season go, um, I think something that hasn't been mentioned enough is the fact that there can't be any travel restrictions in the U.S. or Canada because it's one thing for between states, and we've seen a few restrictions. We saw Rhode Island the other day saying that they would – go door to door looking for people who traveled from New York and force them to self-quarantine for 14 days. But by and large, the restrictions between states in the U.S. are not very big. The CDC has issued guidelines strongly recommending against people traveling out of New York City, but there's not that much happening intrastate-wise. But when you look at the Canada and U.S. border, we're already seeing legal limits on non-essential travel. So how is that going to work when you're a baseball team? How are you going to be able to travel for the Toronto Blue Jays, travel to um, whatever, St. Petersburg to play the Tampa Bay Rays, and then travel to Boston to play the Red Sox, and then travel back to Canada? And even if you get in, if it's considered essential for some reason, quarantine for 14 days, like that's not going to work. So there's obviously Mm -hmm. the stipulation that no no playing without uh, uh with, with travel restrictions still in place but that could be a while and i'm really hesitant to think that there will be no travel restrictions um and honestly it makes me concerned that there won't be a season or at least there won't be a season until august or somewhere around there just cuz for there to be absolutely no travel restrictions it seems like a tough bar to meet yeah i'm glad you brought that up and here is one thing that um, I'd like to get your opinion on based off these travel restrictions that still may be in place for, you know, like you said, it's not going to, mm-hmm. you know, probably maybe up to years. Again, who knows how long this is going to last. But here I read a or sorry, I watched a video last night and uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Brian Windhorst. He's a ESPN uh, analyst and he covers the NBA. So how this ties to baseball and pretty much to any sport he made a very interesting point. I want to get your thoughts on this. He said, um, obviously he covers the NBA, so he's referring to the NBA more, but he says, the NBA to restart needs to follow what the Chinese Basketball Association is trying to do. They need to, they need to cluster their teams into two different cities and put, the, and put their teams in that bubble. And we have them live, eat, breathe, training, everything, basketball in that bubble. So in other words, you're cramming you know, I, so 15 teams in one city and 15 teams in the other city. And that's one idea, I guess. I don't know, you know, how you feel about it. I don't know how I feel about it. But he's pretty much saying the reality is, you know, regardless if you hate it or not, which you likely probably hate, this is something that you'll probably have to do temporarily or, you know, if you want sports to be played. And he said this is what needs to happen if people want the NBA to come back. And the league, and it's definitely interesting because they're already doing it uh, over in China, and as I think we're, I think China's starting to get better. I don't know 
what's going on over there with in terms of numbers. But I wanted to get your thoughts on that idea of putting teams, you know, clustering them in a city and putting them kind of in a bubble, but they're all kind of in the same area. Yeah, that I. It's an interesting idea. I don't. I think we saw some of that. We saw a few people advocating for that type of thing when we were talking about. Um, like still playing the season before it was canceled, people were talking about just keeping the teams in their spring training homes and just playing the regular season at spring training stadiums because obviously it messes up, you know, Grapefruit League, Cactus League, but even just travel between Arizona and Florida isn't that bad. It's better than traveling all around the country. But limiting teams to just two cities, like two camps, basically, and it's two bubbles. Harsh. Yeah, yeah, it it would be difficult. I guess it makes sense, but I'm. Where would those teams play? Like, there's exactly. In, there's a lot of, you know, you have to definitely, you know, that bubble's got to be bigger than just saying two bubbles. Like, there's multiple. I guess you'd have to do different times at the same stadium. But again, you know, there's 15 teams. There would be 15 teams in each, or in two different bubbles. So it's definitely interesting. They'd have to be creative with different sites of play and then yeah timing like you said yeah i guess i support that if you're thinking about getting spring training going again to you know proactively get the players ready and start the season earlier or earliest as possible i guess that makes sense and that's pretty much what they already do but i don't see that working for regular season play um i do want to talk about the health of the players because um, I believe I forget where I heard this talked about. Um, I, oh, it was on the Effectively Wild podcast with Ben Lindbergh and Sam Miller. They were talking about the health of the players because these players already. Let's throw out coronavirus for a minute and just think about the players in a regular baseball season. They have such a regimented training schedule, and everything is down to an exact science. But still, they get injured. Players get injured left and right. They aren't, you know, playing at their best. They're got some nagging soreness, nagging injuries. They get injured, and that's just a fact of life. That's just a fact of baseball. When you play 162 games, something's going to happen. What happens when you have these players who normally on such a regimented training schedule are completely thrown off that and are playing, whatever, two double headers each week. They're playing nine games a week. They're traveling across the country. Some of them are contracting coronavirus. Some of them are on ventilators and hospitals, whatever. What happens when you have these players who thrown off their normal regime getting injured? Because they're going to get injured more often. It's just a fact that because they've had to adapt in this way they're going to get injured more often the the quality of play is going to be far worse I think because you're going to have spring training schedules weird we've heard Ross Atkins talk about the Blue Jays pitchers being put back in January mode basically right now and they're going to have to ramp up again it's just so many things have changed I think that a lot is going to suffer on the field because of it yeah and you know this Definitely supports what Mark Shapiro said recently. He said players need at least four weeks to get ready. And, you know, us fans can complain about how long spring training usually is every year, so on and so on. But these players need that time, right? They're on, especially the pitchers. 
Um, you know, the hitters, as you can probably imagine, it, you know, definitely some adjustment for them, but definitely, it's definitely a longer process for pitchers to get involved. And they need to be throwing on, you know, they have multiple bullpen sessions during camp, um, even when they pitch around an innings limit. And I think, you know, that's definitely why rosters should be expanded if baseball comes back in the regular season. But these, you know, these players as well, uh, the quality of play may not be at the highest once it returns. And baseball, I kind of find, compared to the other sports, is baseball is definitely different like that. With the other sports, it's pretty much it's just conditioning um, and different types of strength. But for baseball, it's all it, it. A lot of it is like that, but it goes beyond that. It, you know, it's in your it's your mental game. It's your preparation. And if these pitchers are currently in a January mode, an off-season mode, where they're, I'm sure they're throwing, but they're not throwing every five days. or Even if they are, they're barely throwing... They're not throwing that hard or they're not throwing a lot of pitches and they need to be, I guess, you know, the best thing or the best case scenario, the only thing you can really suggest is these players need to be prepared um, once, you know, we get into mid-May. I think these players need to be prepared for, you know, if these, if the cases start going down as we all hope, fingers crossed, and they get the all clear, the only thing you can really do, because both sides want to play as many games, is you need to hope that these players are starting to mentally prepare ahead of time. And it may not be enough, but, you know, you want to avoid injury. You know, you hate when there's injuries all across the game. And we've already seen uh, some pitchers electing for Tommy John surgery uh, in the past couple of weeks, which is uh, Noah Syndergaard and Chris Sale. And these are these are pitchers that have been dealing with elbow problems the past two years. Chris Sale's numbers itself last year were completely skyrocketed and his velocity dipped because of um, elbow problems. And Noah Syndergaard has dealt with it pretty much every single season. So, you know, you you worry with the shortened season and pretty much everything going to be different this year. You worry about how it's going to affect the mental part of the the players' heads. And if, unfortunately, if their if their mental game isn't there, it's going to impact their performance. And if it impacts the performance um, based on actual performance, or does it impact it as well based off of their body and injuries, like you said? So, I really don't know how this can be avoided other than the players really needing just to be ready and they need to be on standby no matter what happens, no matter how long it takes, they need to be prepared for the all clear eventually. I'm sure there's a certain date um, that both sides have of which, you know, a date, the last possible date before they completely pull the plug on the season. And maybe they know that maybe they don't, but unfortunately we are in, we're not even in April yet and people are already looking at maybe a mid mid-May at the earliest to possibly start. So until you're past that point, you need to be completely prepared for anything. And I don't really know how else it can be avoided other than, you know, just knowing what's going on and knowing that everything can change at any possible time. And, you know, players need to be prepared for if it does happen and if it comes. Yeah. Uh, what a difficult situation. I'm, I'm certainly glad that I am not Rob Manfred right now. I'm not in the commissioner's office making these decisions. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else? What else happened? Um, oh, it was supposed to be opening day this week. Yeah. Um, March 26th was supposed to be opening day. I don't know. Did you get a chance to watch the uh, opening day at home thing? I did. I did tune into a few games, and I've been tuning into the Sportsnet coverage um, over the mm. past weeks of them playing you know, old games, even from 1992, 1993. And I think uh, Tula first game was on last night against uh, Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and I, I actually completely forgot that he homered in his first in the first game. I knew he struck struck out the first at bat, but yeah, that second at bat, he 
um, you know, there was a lot of excitement in that in the Rogers Center that night. And of course, the next day, they ended up trading for David Price. And I guess before you wrap it up, um, I sent this. To, I sent the article to you or a screenshot of it a few days ago. And I just wanted to get your your quick thoughts. You don't have to elaborate too much. But the idea of a 162-game plan still from Scott Boris, Super Agent Scott Boris. Now, speaking of him, he, he is one of the... Uh, he definitely agrees from what you were saying. How it limits all the limitation it causes for clubs and players with the draft. But he pitched a 162-game MLB season idea. And he was pretty much... You know, saying how it's going to work. He was doing weather. He was doing climate studies. Um, he said in Southern California, the average temperature in December is 67 degrees, which is better than late March and early May. No, late March and early April in most cities. We have 11 stadiums. We can play postseason games. I'm going to get my neutral site World Series after all. So he said in his suggested scenario, the MLB would start on June or July 1, and there would be a World Series game on Christmas. So he's talking about baseball on Christmas. Now, I don't know how you feel about it. I know how I feel about it. I don't know <laughs> how, you know, how pretty much you can get into baseball on Christmas. I don't I really don't know, but in to to make matters short, he wants a 162 game season regardless if it starts on June or July 1 and baseball played in December at neutral sites no matter where the heck you play. Oh, man, Scott Boris what a character. I mean, there's, they play basketball on Christmas, right? Yeah, yeah, and there's some football regardless of, or depending on the days, but anyways, yes. Yeah, so I guess it's, like, possible, but, oh, Scott, climate studies? Like, really, Scott? <laughs> climate Man, I, studies. Yeah, I don't, uh no, like, at that point, and then what do you do the next season? Do players yeah. just, like, not get an off season? Is there no yeah. free agency? Like, what happens? You only have less than two months before you're starting up spring training again. So, And in all that, you got to go through winter meetings, yeah. free agency, <laughs> the Rule 5 draft. There's a lot of hurdles to be played. I don't know, unless, unless you delay the next season as well and you start it late. I don't know how it transpires, but there's lots of other ideas. There's possible ideas that, you know, playoffs expand, expansion of 14 teams. We spoke about how that might be coming into effect within the next couple of years with mm-hmm. the new playoff format. Maybe this, and we talked about it a few weeks ago, maybe this is the year to try it. You can't really get fan negative fan reaction um, or opinions from fans because unfortunately, you know, this these are different times. And if you want to try an experiment with 14 teams, I think that'd be pretty cool. And I think, you know, that uh, from a Jays perspective, that definitely increases the chances of them getting in, obviously, for, and even for any team. But you know, lots of ideas being thrown around, but I don't know how Scott Boris's idea will really work out. <laughs> yeah. I saw an idea this week that was, I don't know if it was serious or not, but it was just like every team makes the postseason. Every team is in the playoffs and it's just type like a tournament because yeah, like a March Madness tournament. it'll yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll get all the teams involved because you're playing already a shortened season. Like, there's questions of whether the World Series winner is going to be legit or not. So if you just throw all the teams in the postseason, have a March Madness-style thing, like, hey, maybe it works, it gets fans involved, it drives up revenue that you're missing from other games anyway. So I don't know. There's obviously so many different possibilities. Mm-hmm. Bottom line, I think we can just be happy if we get baseball. Yeah, let's say, hopefully. Um, but yes, you, are, you are right, unfortunately. I guess the only other thing that happened this week, there was a live stream of... 
There was a few players. There was Blake Snell, Hunter Pence, Trevor Bauer. There's a few other players who were playing MLB The Show, like streaming it. Um, that was fun. It was fun to watch. I only caught part of it. Um, I caught the game between Blake Snell and uh, and Hun- Hunter Pence, and Blake Snell like beat it. It was like eight zero or something. It was really really fun to watch, and like they're talking about all the players, and I think for some reason. Snell had Trout on his team. He was playing as the Rays, obviously. He had Mike Trout on his team, um, and he was playing in center field, and there was a ball hidden to the gap, and, like, Mike Trout didn't totally run for the ball, and Blake Snell was joking that, like, oh, Mike Trout would run for that ball. Mike Trout never takes a break on the baseball field ever. It was it was really fun to watch. You got to see these players out of their normal environment, and they were being really real, and it was, I don't know, it was fun. I'd like to see more of that type of stuff this offseason. Anytime you get, you know, your favorite athletes or even favorite celebrities just, you know, going more on social media, and in this case, streaming uh, games, is, I think it's I think it's really cool. And I think, um, yeah, I did see that game as well. I think he had Freddie Freeman on his team too yeah, on Tampa. Yeah. I don't know if I guess they did some sort of fantasy draft team where they because they had a bunch of players on everything. But uh, from personal experience, MLB The Show is a spectacular f- game. It's fun. And I think, in my opinion, it's probably the it's created by the best, or it's got the best features out of all the other games. You can argue with me all you want, but I just think it's got the best graphics and you know everything, all the little details. I think they cover. I think they get it spot on. But it's definitely one of my favorite games to play. And um, yeah, I mean, it's it's really cool to see all these athletes, you know, stay involved with us. Like you said, out of their comfort zone, whether that's going live on Instagram, uh, posting more, and you know things like that. But um, it's, you know, and with all of us pretty much trapped in our houses, that gives us something else to do and keep, you know, with our entertainment. If you want to take a break from Netflix or video games, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't have a PS4. I would love to play the show, <laughs> but I don't have a PS4, but I do have a Nintendo Switch, so I have RBI Baseball 20. I, when I first got it, I was having fun playing it, <laughs> but then and... I started watching videos of the show <laughs> and I kind of lost my, it, <laughs> the show is, looks so much better. Like RBI, yeah. it's fun I mean, mm-hmm. to play, but it's not, it's not great. It's still something to do, right? But yeah, you definitely, you definitely yeah. one day. It's better than nothing. You got to get that off your checklist. You definitely have to try MLB the show eventually. No matter where <laughs> it is, you definitely have to do that. And I, I, I don't know if you've been following, but have you seen Mike Wilner's uh, Twitter account the past couple of days? He's kind of doing a... Blue Jays oh, yeah. sim thing, like where he's in um, some sort of website, actually filling out um, like the scoreboard and he's tallying everything, and I think it's pretty cool. But you know, the past couple of days haven't. Yeah, it's been the Jays have been getting blown out, but I don't know. Yeah, on the topic of that, there is for anyone listening who is interested, and for you, Bryson, there is uh, there is a there's this MIT graduate who started a thing. It's called ML Botball. It's and and he's streaming games on the show with like live commentators and i know this because i signed up to to do play-by-play for some of the blue jay games but so so like it's streaming on twitch it's twitch.tv slash ml botball b-o-t-b-a-l-l and it's it's just like the games and live announcers so it's a it's we're we're making do we're trying to find any way we can to have some sort of baseball to watch. You're so being I, creative. Yeah. Um, but that's, we start tomorrow. Tomorrow is like opening day for us. So the Blue Jays are playing the Red Sox, 2 p.m. 
twitch.tv slash ml are you calling that game i am it's gonna be fun okay i'll be yeah. tuning in you should i will be tuning i'm in. gonna post on instagram about it but yeah so we're finding any way to keep us entertained yeah we'll get jacob to mm-hmm. tune in too uh okay is there anything else happening happening in the baseball world right now i think that might be it unfortunately but you know yeah. what? we we made good timing here we're around <laughs> 40 minutes 36 so minutes we, yeah we did pretty good for the listeners who are still here yeah yeah all right well uh thank you to everyone who listened and probably we'll be back next week hopefully with something to talk about yeah. hopefully jacob's back yes jacob is having troubles with his computer fix your computer <laughs> if you're listening he's jacob. inside all day and he still can't figure it out yeah Anyways, so hopefully we have Jacob. Hopefully we can talk. Anyways, tell a friend about our podcast or rate and review it on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Little boy starts home with his bat and ball. Says I am the greatest. That is a fact. But even I didn't know I could pitch like that. Says I am the greatest That is understood But even I didn't know I could pitch that good